0: Welcome back to Pilgrims and Prodigals. In this episode, we are going over simulation theory again. We're trying to break this up into 30-minute increments to make it easier for you guys to listen to. Without further ado, if simulation theory is something that you're interested in, I hope you enjoy this episode. If not, we have plenty of other topics and content to tackle, so you can skip to that. Anyways, enjoy everybody.
1: should be addressed so and, and this doesn't have to be an easy yes or no question but with you bringing all this up and having research and stuff was it simply a curiosity on your part to better understand a theory that you find interesting that we're talking about this or is it that your personal views after research are shifting into the belief of simulation theory or in simulation theory or i think both you know Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Both. I think I originally just started looking into it because it's something I've been wanting to learn about for a long time now. And then after looking into it, I'm like, you know what? This kind of makes a lot of sense. Not just because what we have previously talked about, but a lot of other stuff, experiments and different laws of nature that we're going to go into and stuff like that. I
1: can relate to that in that, for instance, take meditation. You know, I used to simply be curious about what Evidence is there for meditation really being yeah what people say it is and didn't necessarily believe in it. But then opening my mind to research it, realize, okay, I definitely believe in a lot of what people say about meditation and its emotional and physical and spiritual benefits. Yeah. Um, a little of which I've experienced myself, so... Oh, yeah, meditation I can can understand. We need to do another episode on
0: that. That'd be fun. We do, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of both. I started just as an interesting project or idea to think about, and then I'm kind of moving into this place where, hey, it actually makes sense.
1: Okay. So you are um, very lightheartedly um, promoting the theory of simulation because you think that there's some validity to it.
0: I'm promoting thinking. And that—that's yeah. what—that's what I want to do on this podcast. Not necessarily promote a, an an idea of God, or atheism, or agnosticism, or science, or philosophy, or theology. I want to invoke people to actually think about yeah. why they believe what they believe and uh, be seekers of truth. I was listening to an episode of um, uh, a Sam Harris podcast today, and it, he was talking about Christianity. And he was talking to this pastor, or not a pastor, he, he was a Christian for years, went to college, he was a, he's actually a professor still on a Christian campus, I believe, but he's actually, he calls himself an agnostic. And this guy knows the Bible front to back, went to Bible college for, you know, 30 years. And he was going over all these reasons why he is not a Christian anymore, the different fallacies in the Bible, the things that don't line up. Um, Paul's testimony of salvation, um, he actually believes that, um, Paul didn't really interact with Jesus. He believes that he might've, um, just falsely experienced it based off, uh, his persecution of the Christians and, uh, some different stuff that he was talking about. If anyone wants to go back and listen to that, if you go to Sam Harris's podcast, he has an episode called Christianity. Christianity. And it's like a two-and-a-half-hour episode. It's really good. You should check it out, too, Nate.
1: Is that what you just posted <clears throat> in on Facebook today? Yeah, it's All in... Yeah, page? I posted it. So you can it, find
0: it there as well. Yeah, yeah, you can find it in the group and go watch it or go listen to it. It's really good. Okay. Um, I'll probably listen to that sometime soon. Yeah, it's really good. But I promote free thinking. Um, I know a lot of people are scared of thinking through what they believe. And they feel like, you know... I don't want to be so open-minded my brain falls out, but I want to be as open-minded as possible. And I want to take in as much information as possible because I was talking to Amanda the other day and I was telling her, you know, my goal at the end of this isn't to not believe anymore, but I want to really find out what is truth because I'm going to live my life for whatever is real, whatever is right. And I don't want to disprove God. I don't want to disprove atheism. I don't want to disprove... Anything what I want to do is find what is real and live my life for that, because if God's not real, if this is all just a joke and someone just made all this up, then why would I want to waste my life doing that? Why would I want to waste my life following... and and i I've heard the argument, and I used to say the argument of like. Well, if God's not real, what did I do? What Did I waste my life being a good person and giving to the poor and stuff like that? Those are good things to do. What I'm talking about is where your passion's at. If God's not real, then we're wasting our time trying to do a bunch of shit down on earth when we could. And not only that, but fighting religious wars and stuff like that, when we could be out exploring you know, colon- taking all that effort and all that money colonizing Mars and learning how to travel in light speed and learning how to, like, mine asteroids and harness the power of the sun and take control of our solar system and stuff like that. We could be doing a lot more outside of this Earth if God's not real. We could be I would focused- say even
1: if God is real, we can be doing a lot more. Give it time and... Scientific discoveries? I don't know.
0: I feel like people argue so much about it that I don't feel like...
1: Well, I'm just... saying. my, My point is only does the existence of God and the potential to travel to Mars, are they mutually exclusive? If
0: everyone were universal on that idea of God, then yeah.
1: What I'm saying is there...
0: We need to prove it one way or another. Right? There needs to be... We need to find a way to test one way or another... If God is real or not, and which God is real or not,
1: and then, I feel like that answer is going to be solved. But that yeah, uh, would solve everything, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, if we could. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Back, we're going into a tangent. So before we get into that,
0: okay, so we're going to go into this idea of non-locality and quantum entanglement. So non-locality. Uh, is pretty much saying for objects to interact, they must be in close proximity to one another. And they had that, they pretty much use that as like a, a law of physics or something like that. Uh, like I said, I'm not a scientist, not a cosmologist, so I'm not a freaking quantum mechanics instructor, but. Um, so for objects interacting, they must be in close proximity. Now, the problem with that is we have non-locality, which is pretty much saying that they've studied this and things that are nowhere near each other have interacted with each other. That kind of blows this, this idea out of the water that they have to be close to one another.
1: Yeah. This, we, we were talking about this point a little bit before uh, we hit the podcast, and it's an excellent point. And something that came to my mind that I want to throw in right now before people get off accusing Keith of not having his facts straight, I thought about it for half a second. I was like, well, yeah, well, yeah but the sun affects the earth and we're what, like 900 million miles away or something mm-hmm. crazy? Well, of course, it the sun itself is kind of indirectly affecting earth in that that which the sun is emitting is coming directly into the locality of the earth. And that's how it's affecting it.
0: Yeah, but it's not necessarily talking about that. It's talking about specifically with quantum entanglement. Like two specific protons being entangled with one another and then sure, splitting. Sure, but They should disconnect, but they don't. They still interact with one another. And they've done experiments on that.
1: Right. But the, th- the theory that it has to be close together in locality to affect each other being uh-huh. false. Even... Saying that the sun affects the earth even though they're far away, it is, it could be said that it is because what the sun is emitting from far away comes into the protons from the sun are touching the protons of the atmosphere of the earth. Oh, yeah. And that's how we're eventually getting this heat that's heating the earth. Yeah, they're transferring the, it's transferring the protons. Right. They're having the reactions. But that doesn't disprove what you're about to say about what happens after they touch each other.
0: Yeah, so some scientists did a an experiment, and what they did, they figured out a way to split the protons. And what they did is they used like, mirrors and crystals and all kinds of stuff, and they split two protons that were in quantum entanglement. One went this way and was caught um, by some kind of device. One split off and shot the entire other way and was caught... On like another side of the island now they measured it and what they figured out is when they interacted with one the other one instantaneously flipped so what they do is they work they work on like a positive negative kind of thing like picture it like an arrow for anyone who's listening like you've got an arrow pointing up one's pointing down as soon as you interact and cause one to flip the other one flips as well instantaneously from miles and miles away, like faster than the speed of light because they, they measured it. And it was, I mean, it was up, down, up, down, up, down. There was no, I mean, they were still entangled. So this idea of non-locality was in effect while these things were in they were broken up from quantum entanglement and split miles away from each other, but they were still interacting with one another which kind of breaks that that law of physics. Now, there are people who have described it in way better ways, like I've said a bunch of times already, but that's kind of the idea of it. Oh, she better not be printing something
1: right now. She is. Um, so... One second. Yeah. Fuck existence. <laughs> <laughs> I to die. So
0: basically, guys, that's... uh, That's not non-locality as it exists as it interacts with quantum entanglement. Basically the idea that it doesn't matter how far away two protons may be to each other 832 basically no matter how far things are away from each other they still find a way to react and that kind of go against, goes against materialistic the materialistic view somehow. So then you had uh and guys, if you're getting bored, you can uh turn this episode off anytime. We've got a bunch of other good episodes coming up if this doesn't float your butt float your float your butt <laughs> <laughs> if this doesn't float your boat that's totally cool because we're not even scientists anyways. It's just something I'm interested in um so there was this thing called Bell's Theorem, and basically it was a test that they ran. In 1982 that once and for all they could describe, they could figure out what was right materialism or idealism and basically how this how this worked is they ran they took photons one second here to a mathematical way of testing who's right this experiment was ran in 1982 and confirmed that non-locality was real um so in nineteen eighty two non locality was ruled as a fundamental property of nature. Uh basically Bale's theorem was the uh the first double sp- double slit experiment. And if you guys really want to look into it, this stuff is creepy. It's not what you think. <laughs> it's not what you think.
1: Oh, okay. Continue. You
0: want a single slit or a double slit? <laughs> Oh, shit. I never even thought about that. Uh, All right. Okay, anyway, so basically what it was is they, they took they took photons, light particles, shot them out of a freaking photon cannon through a single slit, right? So they were shooting a bunch of them through this slit, and they showed up on this backboard as a pattern in that thing because... You from with your eyes could observe that it was going through this slit. Now they put two slits in it, and bas- basically what they thought they were going to get was two separate two separate slits generated on the on the back on the backdrop. Essentially, it's what you should get, right? If you're shooting photons
1: through both of them, basically what they got from the same point of light, <clears> or from two different points of they were like b- two different cannons through two different slits same cannon
0: it was just shooting same into both slits okay right so basically what they got instead of getting two things they got a bunch of interference so they were trying to figure out what was going on with that basically what was happening and I'm going to put this on layman's turn if you guys are really interested you can go look it up basically what was happening is when it would go out it was going out as waves and uh, when it was going into one it was giving a sig it was giving that one pattern on the backdrop because you could physically see and observe with your eye there was one slit it had to go through now the issue was when you had two slits on it there was no way to know which one it went through so it wasn't going through as a material object it was going through as waves almost and creating interference with one another on the backdrop so what they did is they put a measuring device, and this is really, you can look it up some other time, this is a really complicated experiment that they did. They put a measuring device right in front of the slits to see what was going on. And what they did, they ran them as as two, and basically, when they put the measuring device on it, it created the two slits, because it literally observed the particles going through, and because of the observation, the photons were reacting as particles again and not as waves. So what they were finding based off this experiment is when, you were, when the, act of, when the act, of, act of observation was not present, they were acting as waves. When the act of observation was present, they were acting as material photons, creating a pattern. Are you following me so far? Barely. Okay.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Sorry.
0: So then a scientist did another experiment because he was super interested in what was going on. They did the double slit experiment again, except this time, instead of having a measuring device in front of the slits, what they did is it was what was called... I am sorry, guys. Na na, na 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 I forgot what it was called and I didn't take that as a note. But basically this scientist chose when he was going to choose to observe. So what he did is he took the measuring device from before the slit, right? All right, so layman's terms, photon generator shooting photons through the slit. Now because the scientist is not observing, he's got his eyes closed before anything hits the backdrop it's all going out as waves because he's not looking at it. Now, he waits until the waves but, go... But is, th-
1: but is it being caught on camera or something? Like, how are, how are they knowing it's going through as waves if they aren't seeing because it? Because
0: they're sending it out as waves. They're sending the photons out as waves going through the slits. And then as soon as he opens his eyes, they um, materialize... To photons, as he opened his eyes, but the thing that is crazy is not only did they generate after they went through the slit, they actually created a memory going back in time to being shot out as photons.
1: And that's d- determined how.
0: By the act of observation, the fact that he looked at it.
1: No, no, no. How are they able to determine that it created a memory?
0: Because it changed the way it was being shot out. But it went back in time and changed.
1: How do do they determine that? Because they
0: measured it somehow. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't know how they ran the experiment. But it's scientifically proven. Okay. But basically what they did is they were shooting the waves out. As soon as the scientists would observe it, they materialized to photons and created the image on the backdrop but not only did they do that, they reverted back to the point of being shot out of the cannon as material. So that's a thing. It, the simulation theory is pretty much saying that...
1: Um, so time travel is just photons. Not time travel.
0: <laughs> not time travel. Basically what we can observe, the act of the waves materializing into actual material... They're saying it happens so fast that there is no way that we'll that we can ever have the human capability of registering that there are waves.
1: I'm sure this is just because I'm scientifically stupid, but what? How how would you define the waves that they're sending out? Basically, this has been scientifically proven,
0: um, and like I said, this is something that has been. Exp- um, it has been defined as a fundamental property of nature ever since all these experiments
1: i'm not i'm not that i'm not matter, saying you're wrong what
0: I'm they're saying understand it what they're saying that all matter isn't materialized it's just waves and when you the act of you ob- observing something like the the act of me looking around and seeing everything around me causes materialization the act of consciousness, ide- the idealistic mindset of consciousness over material. The but fact that, that everything it doesn't have is to be here. not by
1: a human. It's just... It's saying by that... by something. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The
0: act of observation, because even when they had the measuring device on, yeah. it was registering correctly and they were trying to figure it out. So, the act of observation is what changed. And this is a... A fundamental law of nature now is what they described it as. That everything everything that we see around us photon, is just protons, neutrons, electrons.
1: So would this go for sound energy as well, do you know? I don't know. Because if it does, that might put an end to the argument of if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to... Hear
0: I've heard it. that argument against it. I've heard <laughs> really? that argument, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Did it make a sound? Well, based off this, it didn't.
1: If no living thing or based off
0: right. this, if no one what, saw what it, it never really felt. How
1: do you how do you define life? Because what what do you know? What the measuring device was that they used? Like, I, I I'm not sure. Okay,
0: like a camera or something.
1: Because how does how does a. Cam- I'd have to see what it is they actually or use. some kind of
0: electronical measuring device. I'd
1: have to see what it is they actually use to kind of formulate my thought. But my thought is, if it's just some material object, what makes that any different than the thing that had the slit in it? You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's not a living object observing it, how does it? I, I mean, how does it? How does how does the laws yeah, of this science? differentiate between something observing it and something
0: yeah i don't know all know? the answers to that but yeah. you might be looking a little too deep into it
1: <laughs> this is like as deep of a topic as you can possibly get. <laughs> I, so know, I, don't think I know i do look too deep we're literally looking at like the smallest things known to yeah exist i know it's pretty deep into nature
0: <laughs> but basically what this is saying and this isn't a proven thing but basically what this is saying is that everything, all energy, and when you think about it, look out in the cosmos, what do you see? Clouds of energy. You see these giant clouds of
1: gas and power and stardust floating there. Yeah, I mean, everything that's moving at all has energy in it. It's, it's cells that are vibrating, you know, that's what caused things to move. Yeah, if any, if if ever your cells stop vibrating, you cease to move whatsoever, and you're going to be literally frozen. Yeah, yeah. But even ice is moving. <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah.
0: But that's pretty much what that's saying is that the theory is that everything is just waves of the small waves of bits, essentially, of uh, waves of electronical bits floating around and it isn't until the act of observation that boom, there it is. There's, there's shit everywhere. It's really
1: a deep kind of theory when you think about it. You're wrong. You're probably a hundred percent right. I don't know, but I'm not sold. (laughs) I'd have to really look into it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Another thing that, that we see, um, Going back to non locality is like in a virtual world, distance isn't, distance doesn't limit correspondence between all points. Um, all points are equal distance in respect to the source of the simulation. Distance, so basically, distance isn't limited. And this goes back to non locality, right? Like how I'm interacting with the processor of the universe is not limited to the distance between it because every atom every particle is equal distance if we are a simulation every particle is equal distance to it because everything is interacting at the same rate basically every 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 bit on this screen in front of me is interacting to the same distance as a processor on my board they're all the same distance away the general relativity they're all the same distance from the processor
1: basically what it's what it what this theory is saying because you're measuring signal and not yeah literal distance between your screen
0: yes it's a signal basically it's saying that a computer screen a computer monitor is the universe that's being ran off of a processor, and this everything on here is the same distance to that processor. Sure. It's a theory. Yeah. I just wanted to get into it. I think it's yeah. a really so cool it's st-
1: pissing me off, but
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if you guys stuck around for that, you must really love us. Or are you just trying to find something to make fun of us about? Either way, thanks for listening. This is Keith here, and I just want to thank you guys for your support of the podcast. If there's anything that you think needs to change, we're always up for constructive criticism. Plus, we never talk to any of you. All these people who listen to our podcast, and we never we never hear from any of you. So, please, talk to us. Please! That's, I had a little voice crack there. Anyways, yeah, head over to Facebook, guys. Join our group. I don't ask you to do this stuff every week just for my own pleasure. I don't want to just, like, get famous or... uh, That's definitely not going to happen. I don't want to. When you're famous, you can't really say whatever the hell's on your mind anyways, so... Anyways, if you enjoyed this episode, like I said before, and I'll say again... Go over to... Facebook. Twitter. Email. Instagram. Whatever. Join our group, go to iTunes, go to CastBox, go to Stitcher, go to all those places right now, shut this podcast down, go to all those places, and tell us what you think on every one of them. Anyways, all right, all jokes aside, guys, I really appreciate all of the support of the podcast and all the downloads and people actually listening to this. It brings so much joy to my heart. And I know the Lord loves it. (laughs) Anyways, I'll talk to you later, guys. I got to stop before I kill myself here. Bye.